to the 19th chapter and verse number 16. I'll come back here in a few moments and read the surrounding verses, but I'd like to start by just bringing your attention here. Genesis 19 verse 16 says, And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, And upon the hand of his two daughters. The Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. These are interesting uh, words spoken in, in the middle of a very dramatic event that was transpiring in the life of Lot. In the 16th verse, we see just how intent, intent heaven was on saving this man and his immediate family. Three different times here in this one verse, the Bible stresses that the men, or as I could say and you understand, the angels... These were angels in the form of men. The Bible said, took Lot by the hand, took his wife by the hand, took his two daughters by the hand, and being merciful, the scripture said, set him without the city or on the outside of the city. Isn't it a wonderful thing to be in heaven's grasp? Amen. To me, when I I read this, I see not only a man, but a family in the grasp of heaven. The tender, merciful grasp of heaven. There's an iconic picture that I'm sure many of us are, are familiar with. It's a picture entitled The Praying Hands. And um, throughout my life, I have seen this portrait in living room after living room. I've seen it in many different homes. People that claim salvation, those that do not. It's just a picture that, at least in, in the past would show up over and over and over again of two weathered hands clasped together in what looked like a, a posture of prayer. I'm not going to go into the backdrop of that portrait. I will at another time, but it is an interesting uh, search through history to find out when and where it was first created and what brought the inspiration for those those hands. I, I'm just bringing that to your attention because hands tell a story. Hands uh, reveal history. History that has to do with work. It has to do with love. It has to do with identity. There is, there is so much that, that you can see in in someone's hands when 
When I was growing up, I, I often heard my mother and other people reference this by saying about people, oh, their hands look like so-and-so, or they have their father's hands, or they have their mother's hands. And you see that the history that is, is told, and, and oftentimes the, the vocations that are told in someone's hands, are there calluses there? Are there missing fingernails? Are there twisted parts of that extremity? Hands are interesting to me. Several months ago when uh, my father was in his last few days and hours of life, I was sitting near his bed and I snapped a picture of his hand. And I want to show you that picture today. This is my father's hand as I was sitting right beside his bed and he is holding Marley's hand and uh, it was just a moment and a picture in my mind that I did not want to forget. Hands that uh, prayed over me time and time again. Hands that reached out to people who were less fortunate Hands that work tirelessly day after day after day to provide for my mother and I and my sister and our families a good life. I took this picture and I keep it close and it's one that I look at from time to time and have over the last several months because hands tell a story. Some people use their hands for grief and hurt, and misery, and violence, and challenge, and others use their hand for mercy, and grace, and help, and healing, and comfort. Hands are interesting to me, and they tell a great story. And so this is a picture that I will keep close for uh, the remaining part of my life, and I see in it my father passing something down, not just to me, but also to my children and the next generation. Hands. They took him by the hand. They took his wife by the hand. They took his two daughters by the hand and moved them outside of the danger. This is a story of tragedy. It's a story of triumph. It's a story that you have to go back a few chapters to truly understand what was unfolding here. Lot was the nephew of Abraham. Abraham and Lot had gone on an incredible journey of faith following the direction that God would lead. As their lives prospered and fortunate things happened for them, there came a day of parting of ways, and Lot was given the opportunity to choose which direction he would go. And Lot chose the direction that we ultimately find out in Scripture was toward the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, the cities that ultimately found and experienced the judgment of God. But what Lot saw originally was just well-watered plains. What 
Lot saw originally was just a place to take his livestock, to take his family, a place where they could be nourished, they could be cared for, they could continue to prosper. And he did not, he did not take into account where that uh, well-watered plain would put him as far as in proximity to something much more uh, dangerous and uh, difficult. He didn't see on the other side of the well-watered plains were the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah that ultimately would uh, have the judgment of God come upon them. But Lot chose that and he went that direction leaving Abraham to go another way. And after time... We know that God visited with Abraham, letting him know that judgment was coming upon the cities. And now Lot was not just living in the well-watered plains, but Lot had moved into the cities that God wanted to judge and would ultimately bring down fire out of heaven. The scripture tells us that Abraham went back and forth with God. Saying, God, would, would you spare the city if there are a number of righteous people there? If there are 50 in that city, will you spare the city? And God said, if you can find 50, if I can find 50, I'll spare the city. But there's not 50 there. And so judgment is coming. And Lot, back and forth with God through these numbers, dwindling down 40, 30, 20. God, please, will you will you spare? Will you hold back your judgment? I I, I, I want you to hear my cry and God said if I could find righteous there I would and finally Abraham comes to well I have family there will you will you spare my family God will, will you be merciful enough and so we have the story of God sending angels to the city that he was soon to judge so before you jump on the bandwagon that God is against everybody and always out for destruction and you don't understand why God would allow these things to happen, you have to understand that before the fire fell, angels visited the city. God gives people opportunity. God gives people the chance to make a way out. Don't always hold God in judgment because you don't like the way he handles situations. He's a merciful God first and foremost before he's ever a judgmental God. He sent angels to the city and they came to where Lot was to get Lot's attention. And, and we know that Lot had made a wrong choice and sometimes our choices will lead us in to the difficult places of life. Lot chose to be there in the first place. It wasn't Abraham's fault. It wasn't God's fault. Lot saw the well-watered plains and said, I'll go that way. Sometimes our decisions lead us to trouble that we don't know how to get out of. We don't know how to escape. We don't know how to be freed from the place that we find ourselves in. Lot was there. He made a bad decision and it was going to cost him much. But it would take, it would take a dramatic event. It would take a dramatic moment to change his direction. And the same holds true for you and I. Sometimes we find ourselves in those compromising positions and it takes something dramatic. 
to change our direction or to bring us from the place that that we find ourselves in. And so the scripture here is is specific in saying three different times that the hands of the men, the hands of the angels took hold of Lot, took hold of his wife and their two daughters and brought them outside of the city. By the hand, this signifies mercy. I see mercy in this. I see grace in this. I see concern in this. I see divine help in this. I see God working to the very end to try and move someone from the place of their tragedy back to a place of victory. It's, it's, it's in this that, that mercy shows up like never before. I, I thought as reading through this story again, I thought about the example that Jesus gave in Matthew the 18th chapter. Uh, it could be called a parable or it could just be looked at as an actual event, but we'll say it's a parable. Jesus said this in Matthew the 18th chapter and Uh, Verse number 21. If you have it, you can follow along with me. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times. Peter said, should I forgive someone that's done me wrong seven times? Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Jesus said, Peter, if, if you're thinking that seven times of forgiveness gets it done, there are times that it'll take a whole lot more than that. You'll have to go beyond there until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore, he gives this story, is the kingdom of heaven like unto a certain king, which would take in account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. But forasmuch as he had not to pay, the Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and children and all that he had in payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of the servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that 
that debt, because thou desiredest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on them? And the Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you if ye for from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. Amen. Amen. We want forgiveness, but we're not often uh, quick to forgive. We, we, we want our debt to be paid and forgiven and compassion to be shown. But then when the table is reversed, there are times that, that we choose not to extend the same compassion that was extended toward you and I. God, help us to get to the place that we forgive others no matter what their sin, sin may be, no matter what the grievance may be, no matter what the issue may be, that when we look back and see how merciful he's been to us and how gracious he's been to us and how compassionate he's been to us that we would extend the same to someone else asking that of us and everybody say amen Verse 28 said, But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him a hundred pence a hundred pence. There was no real comparison. This man owed 10,000 talents. And this other gentleman owed simply a hundred pence. If you can put it into terms that maybe we would understand. Here is a man with $10,000 debt. And the Lord said, because you ask of me, I'll forgive that debt. And he goes right out and someone that owes him a hundred pennies, someone that owes him a dollar, he said, I will not show you compassion. You owe me that. You owe me that. And the Bible said that he laid hands on him. Hands can either be used for destruction or for healing can be used for mercy or judgment. And here is a man who lays hands on someone owing him a hundred pence and took him by the throat. Took him by the throat. It looks a lot different when you, when you read it in, in light of both of these stories. We have angels taking Lot who made a grievous mistake taking him by the hand. And we see that as mercy, and we see that as grace, and we see that as compassion. But then we have a story where a man who had been forgiven much takes someone by the throat. That, that's not mercy. That's not compassion. That's not help. That's not grace. But it's something quite different than taking someone by the hand. And so in this service today, I, I want to tell you that the hand of the Lord is here. And what's so wonderful about the hand of the Lord is that He doesn't take His servants by the throat. He doesn't force anyone in or out. He doesn't drag anyone one place or another. He simply extends a hand to take us in a merciful, compassionate, gracious way 
into a place of deliverance and help and healing. I'm glad he reached to me. Amen. I'm glad he extended his hand to me. I'm glad when I was in my place of judgment and failure that he didn't hold it against me, but he came to my rescue. Anybody in this place thankful for the hand of God? To get in heaven's grasp, to get in the hand of the Lord is a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. People people like to judge and people like to condemn and people like to force and people like to do things that 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 somehow do not benefit us in the long run but God is always reaching for people amen with a tender touch of mercy and grace to put them in his hand and lead them in the direction that they need to go how wonderful is it in the story where the angels of the Lord see that Lot is hesitating. That Lot isn't all for what's going on. He's confused about what's happening. He's not sure if he should go outside of his door or not. There's a lot of threat and, and, and there's a lot of accusation and there were a lot of things that were swirling around his mind and life at the moment. There were people outside of the door that wanted to take advantage of the angels that had come because they were new to the city and the sin was so deep and the sin was so grievous that the people of the city were saying we want the new people that have come to drag them down into the place where these men had gone. Lot was confused. Lot was overwhelmed. Lot had offered his daughters to the men outside of the doors in exchange for the angels that had come but they would not be satisfied. There's no There's no question why Lot was standing there in hesitation. He wasn't sure about what to do. He not only had the men of the city launching an attack against the guests that had come into his home, but he had family in that city. He had two unmarried daughters in his house, but he had daughters that had married the men of the city. And no doubt he was thinking, about if I leave here, I'm leaving a part of my heart in this place. I'm not sure if I really can go. And he hesitated. And in his hesitation, God didn't instruct the angels to force him out, to drag him out, to make him leave. They simply took him by the hand. And in a merciful, leading Guiding way, Lot, his wife, and two daughters followed them out of the city. See, when you get into heaven's grasp, things that are swirling around in your mind and what ifs that are overwhelming your heart and not sure how everything's going to turn out when heaven gets a hold of you. Amen. There's just a surrender that that has to happen in our heart where we say I'm going wherever he's leading. Sometimes you, you, you need to recall the moment in your life when you were sitting in a service and you were saying but what about my friends and what about my habits and what about the things I've been comfortable with and what about the things 
I'm used to. I don't know if I can let that go. I don't know if I can leave this. Well, I feel responsible for them and that. And then the mercy of God begins to settle in on you. And before you know it, the hand of God touches you. And by the hand, you're feeling led to get up and walk to an altar and surrender your life to the Lord. You made decisions that put you in that place, but the mercy of God takes you by the hand and begins to lead you to a place where you've never been before. God's not going to force you. God's not going to choke you. God's not going to drag you. He's just going to say, my mercy and my grace is available if you're willing to surrender to the process that's before you. Thank God for his hand of mercy. Thank God for his hands of grace. Thank God for his compassion in all of our lives. I want to preach to somebody today and say you don't have to stay where you are. You don't have to stay in that world that's falling down around you. You don't have to keep living in the place that's about to come under the judgment of God. He has a better life for you. Amen. He has something more beneficial for your life if you'll let him take you by the hand and lead you. Let's stand together.